Let's welcome everybody in. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show on this Monday, November 20th. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. All together here, and let's not forget where we are. Live on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 p.m. This is... The Willie Nylander Hour Edition oh, of Real Kipper and Born. The Global Series is done and over with. The Toronto Maple Leafs back home with all four points. Willie Nylander back with five points in two games. Mm. And JB, we are talking next level stuff here out of Wee Willie. Yes, old Willie with all the pressure, you know, the... The line was two blocks long, I guess, waiting just to shake his hand, get an autograph. Graham is in the stands for the first time in his NHL career. Mm. Goal and two assists the first night, and then the OT winner. I mean, When he's going, he's gone, right? And he, I don't even know if he was going the whole time, but he was clutch, clutch, clutch for the, the Leafs. So uh, fairy tale stuff. Austin's going to have to change that, that clip to he's, he's going all the time. <laughs> he's just going. What, what time did you guys have to get here yesterday? Man. For your TV call. I was in here six, around 6.30. Six. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You? Well, you know, was where, you know, I was there around 6.15, but the people oh who God. worked on the show yes. were there at like 4.30. I don't know what they do, and that sounds terrible, but they, <laughs> there's equipment. Oh, and, people back there. <laughs> well, the people who do the real work are there very, very early. And I do have a phobia of sleeping in on Were you like a five days. alarms guy? I am, you know, that Seinfeld episode when, you know, he's got that marathon, For the marathon. <laughs> and he's got like the triple backup to wake him up yeah. and he still sleeps in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my fear. Always trade deadline day. All those years that yeah. I worked at Sportsnet uh, doing that hockey stuff there, it was always the fear that you're, you're not going to be there. You yeah. Made it. I, uh, I am a person who is terrified of being late. So I know yeah. that feeling. And also hate being late. I, I woke up yesterday. I didn't see a minute of your pregame because I woke up at like the crack Which of 8 a.m. shocking to me. Well, I, I just was, I was like, shocked by that. Too. Like, how are how you not? Like, I just, I didn't set an alarm. It's Sunday morning. I opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, there's a hockey game on. I got to get that with not having kids is like, yes. you just wait yes. till your body yes. wakes up. Yeah, oh. sometimes, sometimes old Lou yeah. Dog kicks me in the leg a little bit and I wake <laughs> up. I'm like, yeah. oh, I better get up a bit. That, that was the first, though. Like, to, to, to puck drop at 8 a.m. Yeah. Very uh, weird. I've played in an 11 a.m. game in uh, Philadelphia. I, have, yeah. I played in the minors, which dude. We played all I, sorts I, of I, I can't eat pancakes. I'm sorry, but for a pregame Love meal. Love that as a pregame meal. Do See, you? Oh, yeah. So tired of the pasta. I also, I can't nap. So I loved an afternoon game because everyone was on my level. No one got to have an extra sleep on me. I, I will say... It was awesome to have a leaf game at 8 a.m. Right to I, hockey, then know, football? Well, yeah, I just I got up. I made a wonderful pot of coffee, a little bit of breakfast, got the feet up, watching hockey. It's game time. And then Let's s- get hungry. <laughs> and then straight, <laughs> straight into football. Yeah. I was on the couch from legitimately 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I watched football until I watched the Great Cup. I was all in, everything. Well, I think it gives you some idea of... Uh, at least the commitment they have to say what a, yeah, what a schlub like, I am. Well, that, that that's a given. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to make note of that. They know, but I, I think know uh, you know. We'll get into the Leafs, of course, uh, yeah. momentarily here. But it gives you some idea of the importance that the league has now to go find new revenue because this was this is what Sweden's all about, and they're like, well, why are we going there? And it's already popular there, but. There's broadcast rights. There's uh, streaming rights. There's potential. You say you want to sell those things to Sweden. Continually uh-huh. and grow it. Yeah. And 
20 years ago in my era, uh, the owners would never have agreed to this. Mm -hmm. They would have said, what are we nuts? Why are we giving up a gate? Why are we making people get up at 8 a.m. to watch our product? Um, I'm not giving up a night of selling beers, Mm -hmm. which essentially Detroit and I guess Minnesota, those might have been the home teams. Yeah. They needed to give up their gates. So, but this is yeah, the least way to... Leafs weren't giving up a gate. Underrated story from this whole thing is like, you know, I know the hockey operations guy for the Leafs is Brad Lynn. I don't know if it was him who did the negotiating, but they were the ultimate victors out of this whole scheduling thing. Like, they had two teams that were both on back-to-backs, yeah. which they drew, and then they come back and they don't play again till Friday. Detroit plays in two days. They play on Wednesday night. New Jersey's coming to town. So Detroit mm. went there, had to play in the wrong end of a back-to-back, comes home and has to play one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. The Leafs just like, yeah, we're not doing it unless everything's I'm in sure, our favor. I'm sure Darren McCarty's radio show is a little different about uh, the, the Swedish Why wouldn't the Leafs play that hand, right? It's like, yeah. oh, no, it's oh well hold on, hold on. You, you want us there? Okay, here's, here's our list. Yeah. Here's our list. Here's no the rider, back-to-back no brown M&Ms or whatever the joke is. We get a night off. And uh, and we don't have to play till the end of the week. And to their credit, they took advantage of those teams in those yeah. spots and got their points. So, so they flew home uh, right after the game. Yeah. I imagine they're all pulling a Sammy now and sleeping in still. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. They may not I see the rink for a few don't, days. Don't think they'll see the rink tomorrow. And then it gets kind of like a little, think, a little they goofy. Pra- they're not going to practice maybe, tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you need two maybe, days maybe off. Maybe come to the rink and at least... You know, talk about video I'm not sure I would, over a few things. I'd, I'd put a hard practice together tomorrow. If no, you, if you, you want to bring them in. but They, they will, yeah. The only thing that's uh, you know, that 2 o'clock on the road Friday, which is a Thanksgiving thing, I would imagine. Black Friday, yep. So, yeah, we had no Leafs games last week. There's no Leaf game till Friday again. And there's no NHL games Tuesday night or Thursday night this week. Very strange NHL schedule any, for the middle of December or November. Any Raptors takes or? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of <laughs> Precious? Boy, that Zach Wilson didn't look very good for the Jets yesterday. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. All right, let's go to our first uh, Kippers Clipper of the week with Sheldon Keefe talking about uh, the Global Series. It's a fitting end to the week for sure. For us, for Willie, for the fans city the country all that kind of stuff i think it's a, a terrific close uh to the to the event yeah so it's terrific how it works out i of course would prefer that if we didn't get to the overtime but um if that's what we had to do to have a finish like that we'll take it i so i actually don't think if you gave sheldon keith the old truth serum he would have thought they played very well in either game but you know, I, I don't think he wants to pour cold water on the trip or the experience for anyone. Listen, I, we did the game on Sunday, and if, if you, we, we broke the, the game down pretty much the way we saw it. We saw some good things. We saw some things that uh, we still didn't like. There's, there's a long way to go for this hockey club. The good news is that they're getting points yeah. right now, which is hard for some other clubs to do. And all I saw was... Uh, a weekend that that bought them some time yes. until figuring out a few things. For sure. Yeah, the uh, Joseph Wall experience was unbelievable. I thought that was one of his better games. He's now up to fifth uh, in goals to expected goals, you know, like the Sport Logic rating there. Um, 909 save percentage. He looked really good on, and that's and, a bright spot. And we talked on Friday before you left uh, 
to do some TV. And Gord Stelic, by the way, did a fantastic did, job. Yeah. 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 Done yeah. Before. Uh, <laughs> he did a really good job. <laughs> really good job. Uh, the conversation with Doug McLean was potentially the most off the rails it's ever been. Oh, really? Oh, it was amazing. Well, he, he got jealous because... The uh, book, they, got, they had a they, book they off. They books out oh, now, so yeah. they had a book off on Friday. Yeah, real book off. Any James Patterson references? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Rimmer chirp. Yeah. So yeah. it was oh, the whole the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go download that, <laughs> podca- uh, that pod on Friday if you, if you missed Doug, uh, Doug McLean's off the rails. So just getting us back on the rails here, when it comes to the goaltending, we had a little bit of a, you know... Different look at who should have yeah, started yeah, yeah. Sunday. And uh, I, I said, Samsonov, you wanted Wall. You won, according to Sheldon. It, and it wasn't that I thought he would be better than Samsonov at all. That, that you know, is a good sign for the Leafs. But uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see if they see it as a 50-50 split now. Yeah. You know, based on the performance of the two guys, I think you wanted Samsonov to be the guy to play more. And Wall is playing significantly better. You balance that out. They're probably a 50-50 split at this point. Yeah. And I, I, to me, I, I'll, I'll stand by the fact that I think that uh, as I shut my phone off, silent. <laughs> uh, you got to still kind of lean towards Samsonov being the number one goalie. What does that mean? Does that mean you still try to get him to forty-seven, fifty, yeah. fifty-two starts? I don't know. That's it's going too far in the the other direction there for me. And you you're know, not ready to do that just yet. It just least, hasn't been good. Uh, he's he's, I, been, he's he been good. A good game there. He's been good the last couple of weeks. So I think it was the the uh, uh, Raymond goal on on Friday yes. where I didn't like that goal. Yeah. But I can tell you that it wasn't followed up with another bad goal, you're or right. it was not like if he can just kind of cut it off on 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 one bad goal and then just look like the guy that. We saw a lot last year. Yeah. Then the Leafs have one less thing to worry about. Well, and I think it's impossible to look at Samsonov and not recognize he was a big reason why you just got by the Tampa Bay Lightning the year before. Yeah. I would say that I hate how much the goaltending has been a conversation so you, far this season. You wouldn't say you do? Uh, no, I hate it. Oh, you do hate it? Yeah, I do. This is my nightmare. Because it's just, you know, when you're, you have a goalie yeah. that's a starting goalie. You just it, want him to be. You goalie. just, it's something that like. I don't know, say what you will about Frederick Anderson when he was here. But he was just the starting goalie, and he was the goalie that started the games, and you put him in there, and he was good. Yeah. If he wasn't good, he still played. Yeah, you'd come in some days, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, the other guy's going. You'd yeah, be surprised it'd be a, he was the guy. It just, to me, it's been so up and down already, right? Like the Samsonov experience, it feels like it's been a full season of him be, it being tumultuous with him. Yeah. And it's... November 20th, Wall has been the best goalie in the league and he's been back down. It just feels like it's been so up and down to me. For sure. And I hate that with goaltending. That's the opposite of what you want to feel about your goaltending. You want it to be consistent and quiet. Something's, uh, something's, like they're going to have to implode for Brad Tree Living now to think outside the box here moving forward. This is it. These are their guys. This, these, it has to be, don't you think? And 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 the only thing that you can do now is focus on insulating them. That's yeah. your focus here. This is who they are, yeah. and you work with them like you just said. Sammy showed you he can win around, you know. And I do think that they're both paid so little, you know, compared to you know most goalie tandems around the NHL. That you're right. You don't want to spend assets or cap space trying to improve a position that's probably about league average for them. And I think this is pretty much where the league is headed. That. You, 
you try to win with a Grubauer. Yeah. Right? You try Aiden to work with a Hill. You try to work, win with a Bennington. Did not see goalies becoming NFL running backs yeah. where it's like, yeah, ours is as good as the and, next And they one. are. We'll give them, yeah. You know, yeah. And they are. And just worry about the blue line and worry about big guys protecting them and just make the saves that you're supposed to. And I think, you don't, know, there's, don't stand on your head and steal every game that we need. I think there's something to be said about it's not that those positions have been devalued. It's that the people got so good at that position that there just doesn't seem like there's a that much better. You yeah. can't get much better than 93% yeah. save percentage. Yeah. Or, they, they became less predictable, too. Like, they're, it's just such a crap More shoot. predictable goalies. I think, no, to pay them high end. Oh, yeah. To, to pay them high that end. To get that kind of you're going to get that level. Yes. They've become less predictable. Some... There's some that, you know, you look how long it took Bobrovsky to, to show full value on mm-hmm. $10 million. Who's got Who's got three years to wait? Yeah. No, you're right. And no they would have got probably rid of that contract if they could have a lot earlier. Yeah. But they didn't, and good on them. It, it, it finally paid off last season. And any of these guys can get hot at any time, so Samsonov could get hot or Wool could get hot just as easy as the next guy. So. And if you're going to be spending the – I mean, we had Bukala on last week. And talking about the the assets that the Leafs have to play with, if you're going to be spending those assets, is it goaltending yeah. that you want to address? Well, that's it. If you go get John Gibson, are you sure well, he's better than Samson? Well, the guy that you would be talking about, and that's been rumored already, is Soros, right? Like Oilers, that it's been it's been rumored, right. and like that's the guy that's kind of been talking. If you're going to do that, maybe. But his numbers haven't been great this year. Yeah, you know, you're just not sure. I'm sure on him. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's better than the Leafs goal. Yes. I am sure about that. But I'm like, not to me, sure it's, how much better the, the performance is. Listen, be. we'll, we'll, f- we'll fix the uh, Oilers in the next hour on our national show. Don't worry. That's, uh, that's a very hot button topic. Every shot right going now. in the net needs to stop. <laughs> just every shot goes in. <laughs> yeah, like, Fair enough. All right, I, I teed this uh, hour up as the Willie Nylander oh, yeah. hour. So let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Willie. I just think he's got such confidence and swagger here now that he's just feeling like he can turn the game at any point in time. Um, so I think that's just the biggest thing. You know, I don't think he would look at these two games and say that he played his best hockey, but he, he stepped up in big moments and, uh, you know, uh, was a huge part of why we got four points here. Um, and with all that said, like, I mean, a great opportunity for Willie, you know, to come here and play you know, in, in his home city and country. But he had a full plate while he was here. I mean, the key, more so than probably anybody that was here uh, from the entire of the four teams. Uh, the obligations that he had, that he that he filled. Um, so to be able to do that, still spend time with his family and still put on a show on the ice um, and make the impact that he did is, is tremendous um, and thrilled for him. Hey, important Willie conversation. Did you see the clip of him on that Swedish talk show oh in my. just a undershirt and the old Swedish lady like grabbing Rubbing his shoulders his and being like, you're a nicely developed boy? <laughs> she, I believe she called him a groovy dude. <laughs> a groovy dude. It's it like, was, no, a groovy a, man, groovy, maybe. And he was like, you know. I just assumed little, it was like 90 degrees out there in <laughs> Stockholm. Know. Yeah, it the looks same like shirt as the, having a bit of a Me Too moment. Like, uh, the, easy. The same shirt as the female host he was wearing. Was he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same what, a, what a vibe that show had. Listen, I mean, you're, what, uh, a couple of points from leading the league in scoring? Oh, he's a groovy dude. You, you, 
you can pull anything off like that. Oh yeah, and he he seemed to embrace it. Like he he didn't seem uncomfortable. He didn't seem like <laughs> he's just the best part of that clip is them flashing to Yarncroc and Klingberg in the who were sitting in the front Dying. row. I've never seen two guys <laughs> laughing so hard. <laughs> like, can you just, just imagine that? Like, you are two guys who play for the Leafs, and, like, you're clearly stars there. Like, Yaron Kroc and, and Klingberg yeah. well-known guys. But, like, William Nylander is Otani there right now. Like, he is yeah. on another level, and they're just sitting in the front row. But how, as, like, how does him dressing like that come to fruition? How does it happen? That, you know, Luke Fox asks a lot of great questions, but my first question would have been, how did you decide on that wardrobe for right. the talk show, Willie? Yeah. Did <laughs> you bring... Just the first thing I grabbed out of the drawer. <laughs> just out of shirts. I've been at too many events. Yes. Here's what we yeah. got left. I didn't pack it. Everything's in the dry cleaners. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Yeah, we flew across the world. I didn't bring my whole wardrobe. <laughs> he is right now as close to as an untouchable as there is right now. Like, there is not even a thought of trading Willie. Not even trading. Envisioning the Leafs without Willie right. right now. No one wants anything to do with it. And I know, you know, you hate me because maybe a week ago, 10 days ago, I brought up the, the money. And you can't, can't talk Willie right now without talking money. I got, I got a news flash for you. And it, you hate that. This is like my biggest hobby horse. And I know people probably get so sick of hearing me say this. No, no, no. You represent but a it's just like, portion of the audience. I loved those two games with him scoring the tying goal against Detroit, him scoring the winning goal, like in front of his fa- in front of his family, Michael Nealander going nuts. Family's loving it. And it's just, I just know that the enjoyment level of it is not nearly as high as it should be because it's all surrounded by this conversation of him getting paid, what he's going to get paid, is he going to stay, yeah. what's the... Co- it's just like there's no other sport that this would be a conversation. If this guy played for the Boston Celtics, it's just max contract. If this guy was the playing for the Buffalo Bills, here's four hundred million dollars. Yeah. If he's on the if he's on the Blue Jays, well, maybe not the Blue Jays. You know, per strings a little tighter there. Maybe if he's on the on so the Dodgers, they're like, like here's three hundred million. As a Leaf fan, for you, it's the fear that he might leave. No, well, to, no, it's, it's this. It's that every time he has success, it's it's correlated to a negative for the Leafs. Yes. So he has success, and you're supposed to feel as a Leafs fan, that's a bad thing that he succeeds. Like, I'm almost cringing every time money. he has an amazing play. Because right. I'm like, oh, God, there's another that's 250K. That's the opposite of the fan experience exactly. where you're like, our guy did great. Now it's like, yeah. oh, but that sucks for us. It's like, that's a bad spot. Yeah, I I, I believe that he's going to sign, and they're just going to figure it out. I so, think that's probably I, and, the way and, to and, do and it. And there's, there's just a – even if the window is between 10 and 12 – there's there's a number there, and yes. yeah, it might. Some might argue that he's not worth eleven or eleven two five now, but I, I think he's firmly entrenched in being a top ten player in the league. Yeah, I think there's well, there's a lot of good players when you start listing them. Top ten. Hard. Oh, let's do top ten forwards. Sure. It, yes. Same thing. I think no, there's um, enough. Well, no, really it's not the same players. Thing. So the same thing. Top ten player, top ten players in the league versus top ten forwards no, are two I've very different conversations. I, I, like, when you look at the top ten paid, he fits in there. How's that? Yes, that's okay. Fair. We can have that conversation. Yes. Yep. Right. We can all judge. Oh no, no, he's no good. He's better. He's more consistent. He's but not. But when it comes to top ten paid guys, mm-hmm. there is an argument today that he fits somewhere yeah, between some Austin Matthews and. Um, and Mitch Marner, who would 
be at the bottom end at 10.9. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. But I do think there's enough elite players in the NHL who have recently signed deals. Like Matthew Kachuk last year signed 9.5. Yeah. Eight times 9.5. Sebastian Ajo in Carolina. Nine. Nine. Is he yeah. nine even? Very good player. You know, there's enough really good players that I agree that he's probably in that 11 range or whatever. But you can point to these other guys and go, well, give me the extra year. I'm not asking you to be in the nines, yeah. but let's say you're 10.7 yeah. or whatever it is. Anyway. Yeah, but th- th- it's not going away. My whole point yeah. is that you're, it, it doesn't go away. And it, the owners wanted a salary cap. I think that it took maybe the fans 10 or 15 years to truly understand how it can work against you, against your team. Yeah. And they don't. nobody should like it. Other than the owners, it completely sucks for everybody else, including the Leafs. As an ownership group, you don't want to see him go out the door. They're, you'd gladly, in, a, in an a open market, give him 14, now. 15 million bucks yeah. compared yeah, as, as, a, as a drawing card. Well, I look at the NBA and it's like, you know, it's a hard thing to compare because they just, you know, TV deals, there's so much more money involved. Well, there's 12 guys on the bench and you're making the same revenue. But like, <laughs> let's just say, I don't know who the equivalent of a William Nylander is in the NBA. But there's a lot of really great players in the NBA that make obscene amounts of money. Yeah. And it's not really talked about. Like, it's not like a conversation. People are like, oh, I want to play by LeBron, but, God, he's making a lot versus the cap. It's I like, know, I know. It's, it's not a conversation. It doesn't it, – nobody cares well, they, as they long do as care. it doesn't affect your that's team. Better. Yes, that's As right. long as it doesn't hurt my chances, I think, of winning. You're on At the, the end of the day, if the, over, if the owner overspent and – Okay, that's your problem. Right. Not my problem. But when it means you have to start sending our guys away because Correct. you overspent, now it's a story for the fans. Correct. Which is why we talk about it, which is why it sucks, but, which is why you're both right. But I would argue that the Leafs haven't really overspent. They've just had the bad... I agree with They've you. had the bad fortune, the bad fortune of having great players that are worth a lot of money, and they, it's just, that's, you can't do no, it. No, they, over, they overspent. On Tavares? But let's say you want to shave a million and a half of all these guys. Yeah, it just overspent on who? Yeah, they overspent. They over. Uh, I, I think the Tavares. Uh, they, they could have probably had Matthews and Marner tied up around the tens, and didn't have to catapult over uh, Tavares. Sure, but you know, even if you shave off, you give all these guys a haircut, and you have three million extra dollars, like you don't suddenly have Willie Nylander here. It's. It's they're tight because they have good players. Your product, like it's like this well, cap situation. Pr- hold on for a second. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe three or four million dollars is a, it could be a, a really good defenseman. You yeah. know, so it, it, it does matter. It does matter. Well, I know, and that's why my counts. defense that of them, um, you know, that the cap should have gone up this three or four million dollars, and then they'd have a really good defenseman. Wouldn't have to trade one of these guys. I think holds water. It does matter a bit in terms of making your overall team better for sure. Yeah, but. Yeah. It just it does suck to say, I wish we had less good yeah. players. That's the only way to fit under the cap. Yeah. Just... And next year, we're really just talking about next year because this is the last one off of Tavares's For 11 sure. million. And then it should open up. Which is uh, why they can't after. trade Marner or Nealand. Next year. Yeah. Next year's. We don't know what's going to happen. They could they could go on a run and they can end up in a conference final or a Stanley Cup final. They can get knocked out in the first round again. Right. And then you got to come back next year to what? A new Nylander uh, $11.5 million contract plus Tavares at 11 plus Mitch Marner in his last year 10-9. And Matthew's kicking in in his new contract 
a 13 You have five. to figure out this Doesn't next work. season, Kip, though, because after that, you're talking about two cap raises. Maybe you're up to 90 or something by then. Tavares is off the books. And 88 it's next year. 88 next year. Yes. And then the year after that, you're looking at 92 or whatever the number may be. Maybe. Tavares is off the books. If you still have Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, you're still in a really, you're suddenly in a very good spot. But, but if you move one of them and all of a sudden Tavares is off the books and you just got two stars, you're every other team in the league. I, I think my point is that them on overspending, maybe they overspend a little bit on their stars, but they don't have any of these anchor contracts that yeah, some of these other teams have. Like you know what I mean? Like there's no like Josh Anderson contract or, you know, these other contracts around the league that are hampering their teams. Like Morgan Riley's yeah. on a pretty good deal now, right? Like that contract Riley's looks pretty smart. Up to 15 points in 17 games. Yeah, like Riley. that number looks pretty great at the moment. You know, you don't have any, your goalies aren't locked in long-term for a huge bad number. Yeah. Like, they're in a pretty good spot. They are. As but long they, just, as, they have too it, many it, good players, it, it, and they can't keep them. As long as you can replace what you have with someone else that's pretty good. Like, that's just, it's, it's great to sit here, Sam, and say, hey, yeah. you know what? We haven't committed to a lot of things. But go out and, and replace those guys now. Yeah. And are you going to be better or worse for it? Yeah. That's the trick. Yep. No, you're 100% right. But I just mean, anyways, you look you look down at their cap picture, and some teams are like, oh, my God, that's a nightmare. And I look at the right. Leafs, and I'm like, wow, they got some good players under contract and Camp and Yarncroft, and that's pretty much it. So yeah. you, you got to replace them. But, hey, I get this tweet a lot, and I've been getting this text already. Get your opinion on this. Like, how much of this is the contract here? For Willie? I think it's a, a, I think it's a legitimate question. Because I get that tweet and I got this text yeah. four or five times already on the text line. I think what's important to note about Willie is that it's never been a doubt when he's motivated, he's an elite player. And so, yeah, there is a vibe that maybe some percentage of it is timing, that he's hit his career prime at the same time as his motivation's peak. He's just in Sweden. Yeah. It would not shock me to see him tail off a little bit now home from Sweden. Where, where's the... Envision him signing an $11 million contract, oh. and then where is the tail off uh, moving forward, I think is the bigger question, JB. And it's also, yeah. Go ahead. When, when he originally sat out for three months to get his uh, 6.9, he came back in, and there were a lot of people upset. He was awful when he came back. Overpaid. He, and he, was, he stunk for and a he, year and a half. He, he was not good. And there was a lot of pressure because of that contract mm -hmm. what had happened when Matthews and Marner jumped over him it was just a foregone conclusion that Willie's Willie and you know the, the pressures on Matthews and Marner and Willie can kind of find his way as the third guy or even the fourth guy if you pretty, have Tavares pretty, in there pretty chill and it, it was there was less pressure on him when there when he when he played one out of th four games really well and mm -hmm. if he had lulls at, for two or three games, there wasn't a ton of heat on him. Now, after everything he's experienced about what they the taste of consistency out of the Leaf fans now mm -hmm. to, to match an 11, he doesn't have that same luxury moving forward to have nights off. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the question. Are you going to get the Willie that you have Willie now or the Willie that we've seen hot and cold the last four or five years? The other part of this is... You know, remembering Willie in playoffs, do you even care if you get mediocre Willie at times, if you believe he can do it when he's motivated and he's motivated in playoffs? If it, it seems important to him to win in playoffs, do you just go, 
If we can get the motivated version yeah. when it counts, we'll take it. Listen, I, mm. I, he, at 11 he, mil, though, that's a tougher He, has, he sure. has been better than actually the perception was Willie's been better the last few years than even Matthews and Marner. In the playoffs, yeah. But... I mean, Matthews it's not was, exactly Justin Williams un- here either, you know, for, no. for one round uh, win in six tries. Yep. Matthews and Martin so, were unbelievable in the first round last year. They were. People yeah, and overlooked that. in the sure. second. 100%, no question. But right? They were really good in the first round. So, basically, it's just, will you get this type of Willie moving forward for the next eight years on a commitment of close to $90 million? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a legitimate scary. question. It's scary. There's no question it's scary because I I think if last year didn't happen, it would be scarier. But to me, he was really, really good last year too. And he I think, was. And I think he's just taken a step. I think he's gotten better every single year he's been in the NHL. Yeah. You know what, though? An eight-year contract takes you to 2032. What's the salary cap in 2030? You know, is it 110? Yeah. Do you care if he's a 10 million or 10 and a half there? Like, I, I know it always matters in the NHL, but... I, as much as I worry about his motivation, his performance towards the end of it, if the cap's high enough, you can live with yeah. a guy. And I would think score. I would think Willie is smart enough to understand that uh, a new contract of that magnitude would he he should have really good idea of the expectations from yeah. him moving forward. Any chance he would take or or sign a Matthews type contract where he would sign for three or four years? I or don't. Something? I. I That'd be ideal for me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. At least you get motivated Willie again in a yeah. few years. I think he says, my hey, one big shot show here. Show me the money. Give me. That whole spiel. I'm looking at 88 to 90 plus million. I want it now. Yeah. Yeah. How many times right. is he going to be fifth in league? And he, 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 does have, again. he does have a, a personality where, where Ryan O'Reilly can come here, look around and go, uh, it ain't for me. And then there's Willie riding the TTC, and it's like, uh, it seems to be a fit here. Well, yeah. there's a right? certain clip about that. Number five, oh. Keith talking about William Neander in that, in that fashion. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I'd like you to. Would. Okay. I just think he's unflappable. I mean, that's really it. You know, whether it's, you know, the, the spotlight of playing in Toronto and the media and the, the, all the different things that come with being a Maple Leaf, I don't think that phases him. Fact, I think he loves it and enjoys it. Uh, likes it that way. Um, you know, he lives here in, in Sweden's biggest city, and um, you can see he's a bit of a bit of a rock star here. Uh, we learned that. You know, he just enjoys that, and he's not bothered by it. Um, I think he also he's a he's a guy that's really spent pretty much spent his life in, in the NHL, right? As a, the son of an NHLer, uh, so I think he knows exactly what it means to be an NHL or to give back to the game and to be in a locker room and be around a team and to be with fans and all these kind of things. He's been around it his entire life. So I think uh, all that sort of stuff he was built for. That's See, that's clip. why he great leads clip. the Kippers Clippers, Sheldon, because every once in a while we, we're on the same page. Yeah, That's a you know really thoughtful answer to what makes Willie Willie. I love the top 10 in league scoring right now. So uh, weird. I was so looking at it. It's really weird. The three Canucks are tied with 28 points, Miller, Pedersen, and Hughes. And after that, it's Kucherov, Nylander, Pasternak, Panarin. There's Kale McCarr and Rantanen. Like, it's it's a great list of people who are all paid Sam Reinhardt well. up there. I did skip over Sam Reinhardt because yeah. he didn't fit the bill. But still, I mean, that shows you how good a play. 
I would like, so the, I have a Nylander clip here, guys, and I just cut it because it's hilarious. We're talking about like this huge spotlight, scores a game-winning goal in his hometown in front of his whole family playing for the Leafs, and this is how excited he was. Uh, Derek, can we, get the, can we get that clip of him scoring the OFT winner? I mean, it was uh, pretty special for sure to get that uh, OT winner there. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a great two po- or four points for us here, and uh, hopefully, bring that uh, on the way back home. Unflappable, like, yeah. but you just had like a lifetime. That's Maybe a, he's wouldn't... a sociopath. Like, that's not even a normal <laughs> response. Like, oh, his, whatever. His thought is, what's the shortest answer I can give you and get the heck out of here? For sure, but it's like, which is great. I mean, he just had like a movie moment. If yeah. they wrote that in a movie, you would be like, that's way too far-fetched. Right. That's a corny ending. No way anyone would ever believe that. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty special. We got two or four points. I don't know how many. But let's go. If I were Nylander, I would have talked to so many people after that trip. Like, I feel like I'd go sit under a blanket and hide for like a week. I would be emotionally exhausted. He must just be so tired oh, yeah. of talking and hearing his own name and saying thanks. You think this trip at all uh, affects them? Like you're kind of mentioning a little yeah. bit? Or you I think do. they're? Yeah, I don't. I, I can't see it, won't it be, uh, helping. A blip. I, I just think it's really hard to like get back into the swing of things. Everyone else is playing steady games and normal rest and normal schedule. I think it, it's possible that I don't think they're going to like lose a bunch, but you know, it'd be interesting to see how they come out. Um, do we have Sheldon on that too? Did we have a clip about the effect him? of the season uh, this trip? Yeah, I think it's clip number three. We do have that. Do that. Uh, in terms of how it affects the season, I mean, like, I mean, it's time will tell. We're going to do all that we can to manage it here when we get back home. Like I had sort of alluded to before we got here, I've talked to different coaches that have been through this experience before and different, uh, different people. Guy Boucher as a head coach has been through something like this before. Um, and teams haven't always, it's take, haven't always responded well. It's taken time to dig out of it. So it's going to be on us to manage that here now. So, you know, in terms of the impact on our season and on our schedule, that remains to be seen, you know, how, we, how we get back home and, and deal with it. But in terms of the experience itself. Yeah. They do, fortunately, come out of the gates. They get the Blackhawks. So that's helpful. I mean, they lost them earlier this year. but Another weird team. start time, 2 p.m., which is very strange. Like, can we get a... Looking forward to a 7 p.m. puck drop. So it's just Chicago and and Pittsburgh back-to-back Friday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. and then they return home. Yeah, and they return home uh, to play, I believe, the Panthers on Tuesday, next Tuesday night. Florida, Seattle, Boston next week. There's a Saturday night Boston Bruins game. Oh, baby. Love that. That should be fun. Rivalry week. I wonder if uh, they'll put Reeves in for that game to go chase Marshawn around. By the way, I think Reeves is going to play next game. Yeah, probably. I just, you know, you can't sit him out forever and... All right, we'll pick up on that. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of uh, the Leaf Blue Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Klingberg. Oh, What yeah, will happen to John short-term and long-term? That and more when we return after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy Toronto Maple Leafs have ample time, as we do. We should take time off when the Leafs are off. Think so? Yeah. I'll propose that to the bosses. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no games. What do you want to listen to us for? 
You know, I can't answer that question, but I don't. I don't argue. Yep, I just show up. Sammy would show up anyways. Oh, what? I just, would just be here talking about Matt Sundin. Oh, the, uh, the jersey behind me, by the way, today yeah. is a beautiful Sundin kit. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he looked like he really enjoyed the moments. Uh, the spelling of Matthews by like I don't know a dozen guys. Yeah, and, and then, then they turned it to Matt. To Matt's for a picture that was really cool. Yeah. And now. The, he had the big thumbs up in the picture. He looked happy. Now, uh, a little speculation about Matt, do you think? Well, I saw some people talk about him. You know, you see Alfredson going with the Sens. I mean, it's a pretty easy parallel to draw. Like, same no, it's era. not. Well, same era. Yeah, that's you know, for it. Me, that's it. Parallel. That's the only I mean, parallel you can draw. One you, guy you, lives in Ottawa. You know Matt Sundin. And, and the other guy lives yeah. in Stockholm. I know you know, but, like, for the outsider... Uh, you know, famous guy from that same era with his team. Yes. Famous guy from the same era with the Leafs. Yeah. You and know, like, I would also say that I think it's well understood in all hockey circles that Jerome McGinley is literally just waiting for his kids to grow up and then he's going to have whatever job he wants at the Flames. Yeah. Like, that's like and an understanding. His son is lighting up the dub right now. They yeah. are corner rockets, yeah. yeah. I think it would be great up. to yeah. see Matt involved more, but I don't think right now with his young kids and his family, it's not high on his priority list. Okay. But it'll eventually be high on his priority list. You'd, you'd have to, if, if you're Matt, you'd have to come back and move here. How else can you be involved? No, you can't. You're not going to be. Right? Well, Cron- Cronwall does some stuff for the Red Wings. Yeah, you can be like he, a scout or he, something. He's or... like the European coordinator. They were talking about it on the broadcast that he does like some stuff over there. If, a lot of times these old guys are like, just give him a picker title. We'll, yeah. just, we'll pay you, be Listen, involved. Uh, you think Matt wants to be a scout in Europe? No. And go to buildings at no, no chance. Come on. No, no way. But maybe stop it. Oh, you're right. Draw a check and be involved in some way. People draw like a check. You don't think people like money? This guy he's made a hundred million. He doesn't need any more. I he's know some hundred million really who good. like money stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to become a scout? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Not no <laughs> scout money, no. Good point there. No, really no, good he, point. He'd have enough to buy, you know. Khaki slacks and a black vest, so he could look like a no. Scout. You have to get a pull a tucked in golf shirt to your khakis. <laughs> yeah. That's the mandatory scout the best over it. Yeah. Before the two games in Sweden, there was some talk that with Klingberg that he may play, he may not play. But really, coming out of Stockholm, there's a real sense that you know there's there's a bigger concern here moving forward. Now, I think our Luke Fox may have had some quotes about him dealing with whatever he's dealing with. And uh, it just, it didn't, it didn't sound like he sounded very optimistic. To I believe be. it was Brad May who once said, well, it's not good. You know, like this is, you had a, you know, you talked about Klingberg and the LTIR the next day, Klingberg played for the Leafs. And then after that, he just couldn't. And this Sweden thing, let's not forget a big name in Sweden, right? Klingberg has had, a lot of NHL success, and he didn't even have the chance to, to play in a game, let alone practice over there. So, um, the, 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 the I think the quote you saw was from uh, from Sheldon Keefe. He was concerned that John Klingberg's injury could uh, linger a little while, and he said, "Yeah, it's certainly getting getting to that place." So, I, I, there's no quote from actually Klingberg in this piece that I'm reading right now. But uh, listen, as as long as uh, long term injury reserve is out there and teams continue to use it it has to be a viable option if he is not healthy it has to be the thing that stands out to me and i mentioned 
this to you before the show is like for the Leafs to be able to then use that money for them to be able to go spend the four point one million that's going on LTIR. He can't be coming back at any time. You know, you can't go replace Klingberg with that money. And then in March, he's ready to go and you don't have room for him. So it either for the Leafs. Yeah, he may go LTIR, but that really handcuffs them because they can't spend that money. The only way you're absolutely right, JB, the only way uh, this can help the Leafs alleviate the cap spaces if he's done for the year. Unless he wants to come back a la Kane Kucherov. No, it has to be a a Muzzin scenario. Right, but I'm saying maybe he's ready for playoffs and he's available at that point, but, you know. Maybe. Yeah. But, yes, he would have to be done for – and that would mean surgery again for that to be the case. So, right, he's not just going to, like, rehab for six months. Yeah, it, it, it could happen. He could rehab. Think so? Well – would that be bad backs? Rehab? Well, I, wink, listen, wink. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't know. Just yeah. tell us when you feel like you can play. And if you can't play at 65 or 70 and guys with bad backs or, you know, he's had two hip surgeries, what's going on there? Whatever the case is, you can avoid surgery and go through a, a strict rehabilitation and mm. maybe get to the point where you can – be a lot more successful at 85 or 90 percent than the the 60 you're at now so if i'm not mistaken he's already missed and people and this will drive fans from other teams nuts and other teams nuts too but we've seen this scenario already in the national hockey league what what the leafs are any different other teams have used l long term uh to their benefit. Oh yeah, I Vegas are Stanley Cup champions. Vegas, Vegas was actually, the, light, the Lightning aren't. Vegas, I think Vegas was maybe the most untold story of that. Didn't they end up having three guys, like Shea Theodore, Eichel, and someone else Stone. came back? Stone came back after the season, right? Yeah. Yes. Which is insane. Those but, are three uh, quite important players to their yeah. Stanley Cup win. I would say having those players not count towards your cap would be handy. So, sure. They are well within their rights to do so if you can convince him that this is not a short-term LTIR. This is really emphasizing that L in the TIR. Do you think he's going to play again? Ever? For the Leafs. Listen, it's, it's, they don't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. Whatever's going on, they need answers first. That's a medical thing. That's a, uh, what course of action do we have mm-hmm. to, to, to move forward? There's no way anybody would just be guessing right now on, on Klingberg's future, including John himself. Yeah. The sooner they can get those answers, the better, though. Yeah, I don't think they're coming. Me, I, I don't believe that they could come, you know, in the next day or two. No. I think this is one of those. Whatever we're doing now, we're probably going to have to wait maybe another week or two to see whatever is bothering him settle down yeah. and see if. We can build it back up. And in the interim, sure trans, think, transatlantic flight didn't help anything. Yeah, that it is frustrating, you know, seeing an organization with all their resources. I guess you have to bring them to Sweden. So maybe, yeah, you know, I shouldn't maybe critique that then. But yeah. that's disappointing to see a guy had something he's struggling with hurt by the travel. Uh, also on Friday, I would expect they'd get Connor Timmons back. Yeah. So I think he, they're excited about that too. Well, I mean, because he, he had, had a good training camp. Yeah, he he but looked really good. I know everybody has a good training camp, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different sort of environment, but yeah, I mean, they have had 
Benoit and Legison eating plenty of minutes. So if they can use Timmons for 18 or 16 or whatever, that would be very nice. Okay, not 18. That was a lot. 18's high. 18's high. What did you make of the, uh, the ice times on Saturday? I'm sorry, on, on Sunday morning. To note, yeah, Nick sorry, Robertson <laughs> and who else? McMahon, both under eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And some, oh, Domi, too. And Domi. Domi under eight minutes as well. Yeah, I saw that. Thoughts on that? Um, yeah, in a perfect world, you, you, you want to trend the other way. Sure. And the one thing that's been constant is either one night it's the Matthews and Marner show and one night it's Nylander and Tavares show and it, it appears that it has to kind of continue until you find some real consistency on some balanced attack yeah. from everyone else. You but guys know it, I haven't loved that third line. Even though they have yeah. contributed and helped them win some yeah. games, I haven't loved that line. Yeah. I think what was happening against Minnesota is Everson, you know, Dean Everson, is that his name? Dean. Yeah, yeah Dean on the other side, yeah. was Everson. targeting that line. Like, he was trying to get their best line out against that line because they would get hemmed in in the Leaf zone, and yeah. they were on for a goal against, and Sheldon kind of just said no more um, and played the big dogs the rest of the way. And, and uh, where did the big dogs leave on ice time on Sunday? Matthews was 21-18. Willie was 23-09. Wow. Uh, Marner, 20-51, and Tavares, 19-07. For a game that goes to and OT, Morgan, it's reasonable. Morgan was 26-03. Yeah, Morgan's those are big average numbers. on the year is now 25 minutes, and we were yeah. talking before. See, I just I just think it's just way too heavy. All right, look at their decor. They, they got and injuries. I'm not sure. They're struggling. I'm, I'm not sure. He's been awesome. There are some guys, like, just complete horses that can handle. I want horses back there. I do. I always want the horses back there. But Morgan, to me, doesn't have the, the, the body type or uh, the makeup to consistently be a 26, 28 guy. So Some guys are. If he kept doing this, it would just, affect him because he's I, I been do, doing it. I do been... worry about, like, you know, overtaxing Morgan. Get Morgan ready again. And I know last year there was a lot of question marks about Morgan's regular season. And then he became the player that everybody envisioned in the playoffs. You that that blue line's already been taxed, right? The injuries, yes. Uh, Lilligren, Timmins not being there. The depth, the uh, uh, Geo. We talked about Geo Sunday morning. I tip my hat off to that guy because nineteen something on Sunday. Morning. Again, another nineteen twenty minutes here, which is okay for now. And I I get it, Sheldon. I get it, man. Well, what else are you going to do? You're trying to win a hockey game, but right. You just. Don't need that in November piling on. It's just Morgan, so hard. Oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was just going to say Morgan Riley's eighth in the league in average ice time behind Darlene, Yossi, Miro Heiskanen, Seth Jones, Travis Sanheim, Drew Doughty, and John Carlson. Yeah. The guys in front of him. You know, he's playing the tough matchups. He's leading the team in plus minus. Him and Brody are, are up there, you know, playing a lot of minutes. 24, uh, 46 is his actual number. But you look at that rest of that core, and it's like, okay, we can't do Legas and Benoit much. <clears throat> You've questioned McCabe at times, his ability to eat real minutes. Coming off and a little better now. Yeah. And then you got Brody and, and Giordano, your other guys. You know, like someone has to yeah. play those minutes. So I I see that it's a decor criticism that they need some help for more. Depth. Yeah. Yeah, you got to alleviate uh, those minutes. The other thing I really liked Sunday was Nye's goal. It started 200 feet. You had talked about McCabe starting that one. Yeah. All five guys 
from one end to the other, touch the puck. Mm-hmm. I said that on Leafstock after the show, uh, after the game, that Kipper was going to love that goal because it was a great passing goal, and the Leafs don't pass. I don't know if you saw the board that uh, was up at intermission that Kip, you know, our producer David Azuma had a great board on the Leafs passing the yeah. offensive zone. And he found that board based on listening to our show a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And so he did some digging into it. And in the offensive zone, the Leafs were like, hey, whatever. There's three different categories, and they were 28th, 29th, and 31st in ozone passes. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't really thought that. No, but, you know, you would have because you observed, you know, they got a bunch of shooters. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Robertson is a guy who shoots, and. Gregor likes to shoot it, and obviously Matthews and Willie and Tavares like to shoot it. A lot of shooters on the Leafs. So when you do move it around a bit more, opens up some lanes for yeah. some of these great shooters. Yeah. And so, yeah. And Gio getting on his horse to uh, drive the lane. Yeah. Support no, the puck. It was, it was, it was a nice uh, goal. That, that's the type of goal you think with that type of talent we should see a few more of. Yeah. Well, maybe Gio, you know, old guys do their best work at 8 a.m. Maybe you knew it was. <laughs> Maybe his so body, his body clock is like hundred percent what it is. He's like, oh, I, I feel really good right now. It's eight a.m. Let's go. Take forty more games at eight a.m. What time's your old guy skate at? We'll give him his Geritol and we'll put him to bed by ten p.m. What time's your old guy skate at? Oh, eight thirty. Oh, there you go. The boys are everyone's prime. There's a theory. There's a theory. I'm definitely going to be a you know the kids miss the best part of the day at a ten a.m. guy. All right, coming. It's quite the willy hour. Uh, and now we go national. Gary Galley is going to join us, and we're going to get into the Edmonton Oilers and who believes they can still make the playoffs and who doesn't. Uh, we'll get those answers after the break. More real Kipper and Bourne. Don't go away.